Morning. Welcome to Portland's favorite science show, Everything is Interesting. We are here in studio, as always, with our good friend, Jefferson Smith. What's up? Hey! And producers, <laughs> Amalia. Hello! Nick. Hello! And Lindsay. Hey! Wow, everyone is so excited this morning. I love it. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> this happens when your mom comes into the studio. So, Jefferson, when was the last time you had a synchronous diaphragmatic flutter? Or when is the last time that your diaphragm experienced a myoclonic jerk? At the risk of giving it away. I read it at first. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to not know what that means. It's sort of like when somebody says, what's, what's, the, your, your, what's the name of your, of your skin? There's an like, official word for your skin. It's like your something is showing. <laughs> right. Yes. You know what I'm talking your about? Epidermis. Epidermis, epidermis is epidermis. showing. Epidermis. Like, oh, my epidermis yeah. is showing. And Jefferson, that was like a joke around. Like, yeah, like in the middle school, that was big. Nah, 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 nah. I think that's just a hiccup. <laughs> I think that because I looked at diaph- a diaphragmatic flutter, I think that sounds like a hiccup to me. And I have had not hiccups for, I don't know, some number of weeks. Yeah. Am I right that it's yeah. hiccups? Yes, you're right. Boom. I wish it's, I'm, I'm just amazed you haven't had me, them for weeks. That to me sounds like you, a butterfly got caught in your stomach, <laughs> but you you clearly have a better analysis than I have. It's right. been a while since I was called a myoclonic jerk. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> I can call you one today. You are a myoclonic jerk. And my epidermis is but showing here, in here, my arms. A, here's what a myoclonic jerk is. It's an involuntary contraction of a muscle or a, any group of muscles inside of your body. And when it happens to your diaphragm muscle, that's when it's known as the unpopular, irritating feeling of having the hiccups. So it's like a cramp? Uh, more like a spasm. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's related to a cramp. It's just like a really quick cramp. And when you've had the hiccups, you've probably been bombarded by various crazy-sounding ways to cure them. So how do you know it works? I mean, do any of these so-called cures floating around out there have any legit biological basis? On today's show, we'll be taking a look at hiccups, why we get them, what's happening in our bodies when we do, and the scientific reasoning in those crazy cures that do seem to work. Look, Nurse Maggie, a new patient. Oh, I got the hiccups and I got them bad. Nurse Maggie, begin preparation of the secret hiccup elixir. Milk, ice cream, maple syrup, cream of broccoli, hot sauce. No way, man. I knew it. Not enough hot sauce. Never enough hot sauce. But just (laughs) like with any medical ailment, you have to first understand what's going on inside your body before you can even begin to understand how to cure it. True. Hiccups are involuntary spasms of your diaphragm, the large muscle separating your chest cavity, where your lungs and heart are, and your abdominal cavity, where your guts hang out. Hey, Jefferson. Yes? Take a deep breath. So you're not using your lungs to suck in air because the lungs themselves are not muscles. They're more like spongy plastic bags of respiratory wonder. No, not yet. Hold it in. (laughs) Jump the gun. Jump the gun. Hold it in. What you're actually doing is contracting your diaphragm muscle, which moves downward towards your stomach, increasing the space within your chest cavity. And because your chest cavity is a sealed container and no air can get in or out, the increase in the space lowers the internal pressure of your chest cavity and causes the air to rush into your lungs to try and compensate. 
okay, Jefferson, now you can exhale. <sighs> that was actually kind of <laughs> uncomfortable. That's what we do here. Make Jefferson uncomfortable. <laughs> so just then, you were relaxing your diaphragm, making the volume of your chest cavity smaller, which brings the internal pressure of your chest back to normal. It causes the air to be pushed back out of your lungs. So nice, smooth respiratory coordination. But your diaphragm doesn't always contract and relax so smoothly. Sometimes your diaphragm freaks out, and that's what we call a hiccup. Just before you hiccup, the roof of your mouth and your tongue moves upwards in anticipation, and your heart rate even slows a little. Then your diaphragm suddenly and involuntarily contracts, as do your neck and rib muscles. Each contraction in your diaphragm causes air to quickly rush into your lungs. This sudden burst of air causes your vocal cords to snap shut against your epiglottis, and that snap is what makes the characteristic hick sound. Can you hick up on cue, Jefferson? No. <laughs> it's not a nice thing to wish on someone. That's true. I don't want. I don't want to get that started. I, but I. Why is it? Does why is it? Why is it any good? Why do we even do it? Is it like the mosquito, which? I hate. I hate them too. Is it is it like the tailbone, which I don't think I need anymore? Do you hate the tailbone? I, I don't. I don't hate, hate it. But is you it totally do? Like, are there any reason? Is, is it hiccups help at all? Oh, like for for us, like like as humans, do they serve any purpose for the body? Got it. We don't actually know the answer to that question yet. It's one of those you know great mysteries of life. But we do know that most mammals do it. They've been observed in cats, dogs, rats, rabbits, all kinds of mammals. You name it. And hiccups have even been observed in the human fetus. Actually, quite a few people I talked to told me their mom felt them hiccup when she was pregnant. How weird would that be? A 1997 study published in the journal Gut suggests that a fetus hiccups in order to strengthen its breathing muscles, which includes the diaphragm, and prepare it for the vast, vast world that exists outside of the womb. Other researchers argue that this doesn't make sense because muscle contractions during fetal hiccups are too brief to have any effect on strengthening the respiratory muscles. In 2012, Dr. Daniel Howe has presented the theory that hiccups are instead a key reflex for mammalian babies. Their purpose, he says, is to move trapped air outside of a baby's stomach, which makes more room for them to be able to drink more of their mother's milk. So it's kind of like a way to get the babies to be a little bit more gluttonous and therefore better <laughs> better equipped to survive True out though. there. But he says that if the vomiting reflex is there and exists to empty our stomachs of unwanted digestive materials, then the hiccup reflex is there to empty the stomach of unwanted gas. So fetal hiccups might just be practice for the real thing, the vast world outside the womb. Goodness. <laughs> That was like a one-hour-old baby hiccuping, apparently. <laughs> I don't know what we were listening to. I thought it was Nick. <laughs> Nick, you hiccup like a one-hour-old baby. <laughs> Nick, can you ask your mom if you hiccuped while you were in the womb? I already know I did. It's <laughs> a very serious topic. Uh, by the way, so what that reminds me of, and if you want to know a cure for hiccups, it's uh, calling the pledge line here at X-Ray at 503-575-5572. 503-575-5572. If you like, everything is interesting. If you if you value what X-Ray does, go ahead, become a member, boost your pledge, make a one-time gift, do what you can. 503-575-5572. Hiccup. You just spilled the beans. The most scientifically proven method to curing the hiccups is to donate to X-Ray. It's true. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. 
That's super we- yeah, it's super we were weird. Gonna we tell you give that. it away, but yeah, but it's kind of a yeah. super secret conspiracy. But <laughs> now you guys are in on it. <laughs> all right, so let's get back to talking about hiccups in adults because here we all are, adults wanting to stop our hiccups. Like lots of things can end up causing them in the first place for us. Like alcohol, eating too fast or too much, excessive drinking, basically anything that irritates your diaphragm muscle. So once you have them, how do you stop them? Well, medical science has yet to arrive at a reliable method to get them to stop. There is no known cure. Except for donating to x-ray. Right. But some of the at-home DIY methods out there are actually rooted in scientific principles. So let's take a look at some of them and see if we can figure out why they work biologically. Okay, so you guys over there in the producer's studio, what are some of your tricks for getting the hiccups to stop? Well... This is Nick speaking. I used to be a staunch adherent to the spoonful or packful of sugar trick when I was younger. Um, But the most interesting way that I've heard of and unfortunately experienced comes from my friend Wade, who during college, Wade's friend Danny had the hiccups and Wade surprised him by punching him in the gut. And unfortunately, that actually worked for Danny. So one evening, I was riddled with hiccups as Wade and I were walking down Southeast 12th between Division and Hawthorne. Very specific. Yeah. I mean, it's a very... I mean. You know those streets are close by, but there's quite a distance between yeah, them. Yeah, definitely. So for that entire time, Wade was convinced that the Danny method would work and spent the majority of the walk just punching me in the stomach. Oh, what a good friend. Yeah, I mean, he lost the element of surprise after the first attempt, and uh, my hiccups left at one point, but I don't think it was really because of Wade's punches. But I have been successfully scared out of hiccups before, so why does this work? Oh, your, your friend Wade doing you a good service by punching in the gut. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, getting rid of the hiccups by being scared or surprised actually was brought up by a ton of people who I talked to when I was polling people about hiccup remedies. And apparently, as long as that you are actually really, truly caught off guard, this method works. So the best answer we could find as to why this works is that shock or surprise interrupts the spasm-inducing neural signal that's being sent from your brain to your respiratory muscles by your vagus nerve. The vagus nerve sounds fun. It is fun. <laughs> what is it? It's your gambling nerve. Is what happens in the vagus nerve, is it allowed to go elsewhere, or is it just highly localized? It's, Whatever. It's, it is highly localized. Good one, Jefferson. You just made me laugh and almost knocked, you knocked over, over the, the clock. clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Flailing Good around. Job. What I really meant to say was, good question, Jefferson. Oh, man. The the vagus nerve is a long nerve that runs from the brain to the stomach, heart, and lungs, and it coordinates our breathing and our swallowing. It's important to note that this nerve is part of the autonomic nervous system, which controls all of the involuntary functions in your body, like your heart beating and your digestive tract digesting. And your involuntary gambling. No, just kidding. Right, Um, yeah. You don't actually have any direct control over your autonomic nervous system. That's why it's called autonomic. And that's also why you can't just will yourself to stop hiccuping, the way you can sort of just will yourself to wiggle your toes. But if you're suffering, you know, from hiccups, it is possible that distracting the vagus nerve with some kind of stimulus can interrupt the chain of hiccup-inducing nerve signals being sent from the brain. This method of interrupting the neural signal is also used to control seizures and epileptics and to treat serious cases of depression. Essentially, the new signal ends up telling you, hey, if we want to survive, there's something way more important than hiccuping that we need to focus on right now. Like gambling. So, in the case of both the remedies you brought up, Nick, well, you know, the the gut-punching surprise and, like, 
swallowing sugar. In theory, they both abruptly force your brain to focus on a new stimulus. The whole nervous system gets like a hard reset and the old signal to create a spasm in the diaphragm is forgotten. Hey, if you're just tuning in, this is Everything is Interesting and we're talking about the hiccups and how to navigate the myriad of possible cures that float around out there for them. But remember, there's no solid evidence that redirection of the vagus nerve signal works consistently at all, but it seems to be the theory most supported by medical professionals. Yeah, there are actually many medical resources out there that propose stimulating the vagus nerve to cure the hiccups. And sometimes they do it, they suggest doing it through the, okay, I can never say this, carotid sinus massage. Wow, so easy. What is that, by the way? The carotid sinus massage, yeah. I should tell you on the air. Oh, okay. We'll just it happens keep... in, it stays in face. <laughs> it stays in face. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that stays there. Okay, so the carotid sinus massage apparently works. Um, drinking water with your ears plugged and also inducing vomiting apparently works. And if that doesn't work, a more extreme situation might be necessary. Like uh, ask Francis Fesmeyer of the University of Tennessee College of Medicine. Yeah, in 1988... Francis Fresmeyer published a paper entitled Termination of Intractable, Intractable Hiccups with Digital Rectal Massage. Yeah, really, you heard that correctly. Apparently what happened is a man arrived at Dr. Fesmeyer's emergency room with hiccups that had persisted every two seconds for the last three days. Yeah, that sounds horrible. And the doctor tried conventional vagus stimulation techniques like making the patient gag and compressing his eyeballs. None of which were I like effective. that Vegas stimulation <laughs> techniques are making the patient gag. Apparently so. And I am surprised that the Chamber of Commerce in Vegas has not changed the name of the Vegas nerve or at least what the techniques are. <laughs> oh, man. Serendipitous coincidence. Again, could be a whole every time we do every show we do it's like the tangents i'm like mm, that could be a whole other show this yeah we learned to. why you gag in vegas <laughs> <laughs> anyway this this gets grosser so this patient comes into dr fesmeyer's emergency room he tries pushing on his eyeballs it doesn't work and then according to the bbc the doctor recalled a case published in a previous year in which a 71 year old woman's racing heartbeat had been slowed down when the doctor inserted a finger into her butt he tried the same with the hiccuping patient, and it worked. So, I mean, in theory, next time your friend has the hiccups, you could uh, you could try that if you wanted. <laughs> maybe, if you, maybe don't do that if you want to keep your friend. Maybe that's just something you do in Vegas. Are we even allowed to talk about this? I don't even know. <laughs> if, this is medical information. It, it was. We pulled it straight from a medical. You lost journal. me at termination of intractable hiccups <laughs> with digital rectal <laughs> massage. I knew at that moment. At that moment, things were going leftward. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, let's get back. Let's get back then to the less sort of uncomfortable remedies for the hiccups, shall we? Okay. In studio, you guys got any more remedies for the hiccups? I got one. Um, this is Amalia. I think the best remedy for me has always been holding my breath for as long as I can through the hiccups. Ah, oh, that's a really good one. And it's actually backed by some science. Um, so another way you might have ended up contracting the hiccups in the first place is by having too little carbon dioxide present in your bloodstream. Known by the... Ah! Whoa. That's mine. Scaring people. Oh, God. Scaring scaring people is what's the one I was supposed to do. You can't script that. See, if you put it in there, it doesn't work. And right now, I know that it did, and none of you guys have hiccups. And this is why why all you out there need to donate to X-Ray, because Jefferson Smith just cured your hiccups. I'm sure it happened to a few of us. The laws of probability. gave me the hiccups. 
All right, okay, so let's talk about when you have too little CO2 in your bloodstream. Known by the fancy pants name of respiratory alkalosis, this is a condition that usually arises when someone eliminates more CO2 from the lungs than the body can even produce, like during hyperventilation. This results in a lack of acid in the bloodstream, so it ends up being far too alkaline. We usually think that it's like oxygen good, carbon dioxide bad, or even alkaline good, acid bad. I, I, say, I find myself saying that all the time. All the time. <laughs> I figured that you did. Yeah, that's what I said. Like alkaline my in- good. My no nuclear deal bad. Something like that. Okay. The truth is that both are important, you know, yin and yang. Our bodies are consistently working to maintain a near-perfect pH balance through the chemistry of oxygen and carbon dioxide. When someone is suffering from alkalosis or a lack of CO2, the major effects are overexcitability of the nervous system, which results in spontaneous nervous stimulation of muscles. And when that muscle is your diaphragm, well, you've got the hiccups. If hiccups are caused from a lack of CO2, then logically the best way to stop them would be to increase the levels of carbon dioxide in your blood. CO2 gas is really a waste product from when your cells create energy, and your body gets rid of it when you breathe out. So even when you hold your breath, your cells keep working, and the carbon dioxide with nowhere to go ends up building up in your bloodstream. So the reason holding your breath might work is because it lets the CO2 gas build up and restores your body's pH balance, which allows your muscles to stop their spasmodic freakouts, in theory. Okay. I don't want to brag. This is Lindsay Smith. Um, But I'm a little bit of a hiccup expert. So here are my tried and true methods for getting rid of the hiccups. Excellent. My first is that you imagine a banana, like a perfectly ripe banana in your head. Mm -hmm. And you imagine Mm -hmm. slowly peeling like each piece of the banana and then eating the banana. And it works every time. (laughs) Um, It works every time. (laughs) And... And then my other one is um, drinking water upside down. I'm kind of trying to drink water, which I'm guessing is just a distraction. Uh, Drinking drinking water upside down? Like bending over forwards to drink the water. Oh, not like being suspended upside down while drinking water. (laughs) That would be really complicated, Kira. (laughs) I I was about to be so impressed by your... uh, Like on one of those things with like the hooks on your feet and you like (laughs) you put them up on a bar and then like like one of those things they sell in late night infomercials where you like start setting up and then like (laughs) tilt ever so slightly backwards. And yeah, Lindsay is secretly part of Cirque du Soleil. Oh, yeah. I am. This is, we learn, again, we learn. Um, the banana eating is a totally new one to me. No one ever told me that one before. And my best guess as to why it might help you actually get rid of your hiccups is because it falls under the distraction of the vagus nerve, there's, there's vagus, the vagus nerve that we just talked about. Yeah. Yeah, it actually reminds me, I just remembered this, when I was in elementary school, the thing that everybody used to say is they would come up to you and they would put your hand, their hand out and they would say, pull the pencil out of my hand. And you, There was no pencil. And you were like, what the heck are you talking about? But it was like so confusing. That, that was a scene in the Matrix. Distract. Well, right. There is no pencil. <laughs> it, was no spoon. it was because I was yeah, in the was Matrix. It stopped my hiccups. But there was a spoon. <laughs> yeah, was so there? Maybe thinking... Wait, what? We got a text in from Mike. Gagging does work for me in extreme cases, but I can usually get rid of them by doing a long, careful swallow. Or if someone compresses my eyeballs. (laughs) I don't even know what compressing your eyeballs means. Like like pushing them really hard? (laughs) Anything that gets that. Or like a suction cup? Anything that distracts that vagus nerve. (laughs) 
<laughs> just sticking your thumb in your eyeballs. Yeah. But like, okay, so maybe the banana peeling thing and, like, the pencil pulling out of your hand, maybe it's, like, thinking and focusing hard on this process can be distracting enough to let your brain, like, redirect its signals. And I would guess that the key to the water drinking one is probably that you're holding your breath while you're drinking water because then your CO2 levels and your blood can raise. Right, like the holding the breath is the key. I would almost argue that, that the, uh, the water drinking upside down is like a combo of both, right? You're upside down, you're thinking about how to drink water upside down, so your, your vagus nerve is like, what the, I don't even know what's going on, and then you're yeah. also holding your breath, so it's like a double whammy. I told you I was an expert. You are an expert. <laughs> Jefferson, what, what about you? Turn me the x-ray and Lindsay will mine. come to your house and help you drink water upside down. I, I, I did mine, and I, and I just knew if I did mine, when you asked me about it, it wouldn't work. The whole thing, yeah. you know, it's like, scare. my wife will say, scare me. Okay, because oh, I have Oh, that was, I see, you demonstrated <laughs> but your, but yeah. it's like, But it's like when, have you ever seen like the Pink Panther? So, you know, the Pink Panther's partner would like scare him. But if he said, if he couldn't tell you when it was going to happen, it couldn't be like part of, it's like, I'm going to come in the door and then like attack me. You have to, it has, like it was, the whole thing was to train him. Right. So he couldn't know when it was, bah! you know, like, no, see, even see, then, I'm already you ready. were already ready. I was too much eye contact. I, you were already ready. I, Amalia was, and she jumped a little bit, but 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 you were ready. So that's the one. I don't even know if it works, but it's kind of fun. You know, I don't know how well it distracts the Vegas nerve, yeah. but but it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of like my scary face that I make. Uh, it's that's terrifying. I wish you all I can could see, see it. it. It looks it looks so good from over here on it the really side. Does. I, I know. I'll yeah. put it closer to the microphone. I make a scary, scary face. All right. Okay. So all this fun remedy stuff only goes so far, though. What if you just can't get rid of the hiccups and they stick around for way too long? So doctors usually attribute long bouts of hiccups to more serious problems like nerve damage or diseases that compromise the central nervous system or like kidney problems, even diabetes. So what point should I be worried? At what point do they say if it, if it lasts for three or four hours, see a doctor? Okay, we're not saying this to scare you, but we did look and WebMD recommends that you see your doctor if your hiccups persist for over 48 hours. Dude, dude, I, six hours. Six hours. <laughs> it's too long. I, like, yes. That's a long time. <laughs> yes. Like but an you hour. You your so doctor if, and you're like, I'm dying. No, no. <laughs> and I'll go, I'll go even more, more clear. If I go to bed with hiccups and I wake up with hiccups, like That's I'm, too long. I, I'm That's either too much. going to my doctor or getting a new doctor. Fair enough. Okay, well, but here's the here's the weird thing. Forty hours is actually not that long in the scheme of things because, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, the longest known case of the hiccups lasted a total of, not kidding, sixty eight years. Isn't that horrid? I oh. I don't know that I would make. It. I don't know that I could make it through life with sixty. I'd get surgery. <laughs> I would just like remove <laughs> to remove whatever that is. Room. It wasn't so. It, it was this, this man named Charles Osborne, and he started hiccuping in nineteen twenty-two. So I don't think that like that. I don't think anyone was thinking. I mean, I think in nineteen twenty-two, if they were giving you surgery for hiccups, like that was just the end of your you life. Sixty-eight years is a long time. By the seventies, like it, it means it turned him into the early nineties. Like you figure, yeah. like you're going to a as soon as like disco comes out that's your cue it's like okay it was one thing in the roaring 20s i could make it through world war ii but now with this disco crap i gotta i gotta distract my vegas nerve finally wait what, what was charles osborne doing though when he got the hiccups uh, he was attempting to weigh a hog before slaughtering it. Like, don't, I don't know. I don't, maybe he strained. Maybe he, like, picked up the hog and it was a strain. I have no idea. Is that true? Oh, man. That's a great blood of veganism. Yeah, I'm never killing a hog. God. 
Yeah, some of the pig dog was like, well, I can't strike you dead, but I can give you 68 years of hiccups. He he kept hiccuping until February 1990, by the way. Like, 1922 (laughs) to 1990. And apparently, well, here's what's even worse. The first few decades, he hiccuped up to 40 times a minute. 40 times a minute. And then (laughs) it slowed to a mere 20 times a minute in later years. Why wasn't his name changed? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Kira. I was just saying he has a will to live. I think if I made it through, you know, five years uh-huh. of pickups, I'd be like, well, it was a nice life. It was nice knowing you guys. I'll tell you something he didn't do. He wasn't a radio host. Well, I, was, I thought you were going to say he didn't <sighs> donate to X-Ray because if he had donated. <laughs> he definitely didn't. <laughs> if you don't want to have, if you don't want to end up like Charles Osborne, <laughs> okay, you want to call 503-575-5572. It's 503-575-5572. Or go to xray.fm, click the blue donate button. It's time, you know, cure your hiccups forever. Become an extra member. God, we're making a lot of bold claims. Yeah, that's that's a really big promise. We we do promise to help you try to get rid of your hiccups. And can I just really quickly say, if none of this, like, sitting upside down and drinking water and pulling bananas out of your hand or whatever, like, if none of that works... Try taking an antacid because sometimes it's just that you have acid reflux. This is true. Sur- really I'm going surgery. That, that's like, what straight it is. surgery. Just cut it. <laughs> yeah, before you go under the uh, knife, drink some apple cider vinegar. Just yeah. saying. I'm doing that digital whatever the thing was. I'm doing that after 24 <laughs> oh. hours and after like 72 hours surgery. That's my, that's my plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Digital rectal massage. I mean, after You're 48 hours, everyone. I might go upside down like Lindsay does with a glass of water and a banana or whatever the hell. Yeah, you got to try Lindsay's expert tips. <laughs> go see it. Okay, I think that's going to do it for us. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on our latest journey into the weird world of science. And thanks to Jefferson and our producers, Lindsay, Amalia, and Nick, for sharing your hiccup remedies. And if you're trying to decide if you should do what grandma says and eat a spoonful of sugar to stop your hiccups, uh, do some scientific analysis. You know, do a little bit of that. Will that crazy dance or spoonful of sugar that she suggests interrupt the neural signal in your vagus nerve? Will standing on your head or eating a banana raise the CO2 levels in your bloodstream or help calm your acid reflux? Or ask yourself, will a spoonful of sugar just taste delicious? And if the answer to any of these questions is yes, we say go for it. Give it a try. Yeah. Who knows? Also, maybe you got to combine all kinds of remedies, you know, like Lisa and Maggie Simpson. That's it. A combination of our previous techniques followed by the scare treatment. It can't miss. Whoa! Oh. I pronounce this patient cured. I did not know that Bart Simpson was an X-ray member. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Longest running back. X-ray member of all time, in fact. <laughs> Truth. For this episode of Everything is Interesting, I'm Kira Lindenberg. And I'm Kira Kleinberg. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again in two weeks right here on X-ray. Bye, everyone. See Happy you later. no hiccuping. Bye.